UFOs, Bigfoot, paranormal input. Go ahead now, get mystical. Mystery and magical. UFOs, not typical. Bigfoot, not typical. You ask me why I'm skeptical. I say questions are questionable. Is the truth alien to you? Alien to get my message through. Aliens might message you. Aliens are sliding through. The wild signal we're plotting to. Algorithms they find is true. Typical. Skeptic. Shut Got no time for no petty turns, pandemic, a pandemic turn, horror still in Amityville, Bayonet in Gettysburg, Mothman, TNT, Factory, Red Eyes, Loki, Dogman, Howling in the Street, I'm typically skeptic of what I see, Voodoo Hoodoo in New Orleans, Thunderbird, Swamp Thing, is it real, I was wondering, typical, skeptic, show, typical, skeptic, show. Hey guys, welcome back to the Typical Skeptic Podcast. I have a return guest for the third time. He's been on my show. Um, someone that I think is really important in the ufology community. Someone I highly look up to um, for his research and his dedication to the field. Um, when you think about alien abduction, you can't not think about Daryl Sims. And for you new people that are into the field, you have to learn about who Daryl Sims is and what he's contributed to this um, field. And you can go back to my past interviews where we've covered a lot of stuff. But tonight, in particular, we're going to be talking about the mass abduction of 1992, which is an important event. And we're also going to be talking about alien fluorescence and and other stuff, really, really cool alien implants. But um, I'm going to hand it over to Daryl, but a little bit more about Daryl. They call him the alien hunter. He's the world's leading expert on alien abductions. His 38 plus years of field research is focused on physical evidence and led to his groundbreaking discoveries of alien implants and alien fluorescence. As a former military police officer and CIA operative, Sims has a unique insight to the alien organization, which he believes functions similar to an intelligence agency. Sims is also a compassionate and skilled therapist who has helped hundreds of alien experiences all over the world come to terms with what they've already witnessed. And his website is alienhunter.org. And I want to give him a big warm welcome to the show. Daryl, thank you for coming back on. How are you? Oh, I'm delighted to be here. Delighted. When I told my fans that you were coming on yesterday, I got all good uh, remarks. Everybody loves your work and and, uh, they really look up to what you've done in the field. Um, let me ask you this, the event that we're going to be talking about, the mass abduction of 92, was that like, you probably knew before that, that something was really going on, but was that like the, the icing on the cake when you knew, like you had physical evidence that there was not just something that was going on, but you had responses from the alien, um, fluorescence, is that when it all started to come together? Or? Well, what, for me, uh, I was uh, four years old when this all started for me. I was literally a captive audience by the alien. And uh, then later they came back and got my son uh, when I was, uh, when he was six years old. So that changed me from a a, a concerned parent to someone that hunted them. In other words, if you mess with me, I can live with it. You mess with my kids and children, I'll come after you. I don't care whether you think you're from another planet or another dimension, or what you think you are, if I can figure out how to get to you, I will. That, that's so interesting. And this event, the mass abduction of 92, got you a little bit closer to finding the alien, correct? It, 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 it taught us a great deal about the alien hierarchy. And, uh, for instance, most people, uh, and, and, and this is no bad reflection on anyone, because that's just, it's just, that's the, all the information you have. You, you don't know what you don't know. And so uh, what we, we had learned over, good night, I've got 2,000 cases worldwide and tens of thousands of people I've talked to in every country you can practically imagine. And in doing that, I've been able to incorporate a lot of information. So I got tired of the alien abducting us and catching us off guard all the time. So I wondered, you know, I used to work in the intelligence community and the Central Intelligence Agency for two years during covert covert operations during the Vietnam War. So after I got out of the service, I wondered, um, especially after they got my son, I wondered if there was some way I could set a trap in which I could entice them to show up, so to speak. 
and uh, it apparently worked. And could you tell everybody what happened, how you set that trap? Well, um, uh, here's the short version of it. I went to one of my abduct one of my contactees, uh, abductee and contactee, two different things. They both have pretty much the same experiences, but one of them thinks it's probably good for you, and they understand a lot more than we do, and they're smarter and better, and they're going to fix the ozone hole and all that. And the other ones are people like me that uh, think kidnapping is still a crime, and uh, that uh, it's wrong to, for anybody to do it. It's just, it's. I, I find it interesting that it's that people who say, "Oh, that's you know," but they did it because they're smarter and bigger and better and everything. But I, but if I tell people I'm going to go out and kidnap an alien, they get real upset. I mean, I would be smarter and bigger and better than them, wouldn't I? If they, if I outdid them, so by that logic, you know, I, I should be able to, to do that. But that's not wasn't my real intention. My real intention was to find out more about the alien hierarchy. And the best way to think of it, uh, in reference to the double mass abduction event that happened on December 8th and December 11th, 1992, is to think this way. The primary uh, alien entities that we see, these entities are uh, the, the seven primary flavors. The, the little gray, the taller gray. The little gray has got an IQ of about 80. It's not much more than a moron. And they're made that way on purpose. They're made, hatched, cloned, and manufactured f for a particular reason. And some, the, the, big, the big question everybody should be asking, who did that? Who would, yeah. who would create an alien and, send a, and do that? And so anyway, the little gray has an IQ of about 80. The, uh, the bigger one, the taller gray, they often refer to as the boss or the, uh, the uh, doctor, so to speak. Somebody's going to cut on you. It's going to be him. And uh, he's got an IQ of about 130, 135. He's pretty smart. And uh, then you've got uh, the Mantis being. He's got an IQ of about 170. I mean, he's really, really sharp. He can do, he can do all kinds of things. And then you've got uh, a, a, literally a Nordic-type being. This is a human-like being with usually blonde hair and really large blue eyes. Then there's another entity that is called a reptile. These are pretty uh, violent uh, creatures. And then you've got Bigfoot, of all things. And everybody's, well, big, they're all different. Well, actually, they're not. They're different in the sense of the word they're hatched, made, cloned, or manufactured for specific reasons. Each one of them has a different reason for their being. And uh, if you look carefully at those seven primary beings that I mentioned, those seven beings, the DNA comes from planet Earth. Yeah. That's incredible. If that's true, then they didn't come to Zeta Reticuli. They didn't come from Mars. They didn't come from any of those places. They were, somebody came here, got the DNA, took the DNA back out there, wherever there is, reconstructed them into the DNA into sentient beings, basically, uh, avatars or robots or whatever you want to call it to bid do their bidding to do whatever they want done and that's what i wanted to do is to set a trap and because the alien again this the small ones are real dumb i mean they're easy to they're easy to fool they're easy to uh, to do get around and the other ones uh you have to lay a much better trap for so what i did was to uh I went in, to one of my contactees, one of these people who liked the alien and all that, and I did that on purpose because I, if I got somebody who didn't like the alien, they say, would say, well, you did that because uh, you got, you got this slant against the alien and so on. And that wasn't the purpose at all. The purpose was to uh, see if we get good intel on the trap. So I took this, I found information in an abductee when I was working with him and I realized if I were in the if I were an alien and the information that he saw that they probably don't know that he has I would be very upset by that I would uh, so I thought well this is interesting 
if that information in fact is valid, why don't we put it in another abductee as if that were a memory and let them blurt it out to the alien? And of course, then that's going to, if, if it doesn't mean anything, nothing will happen. If it does mean something, uh, and they operate like an intelligence community, like I think they do, uh, it's going to break some big stuff loose. So that was the plan. So I asked ask you lady, two questions. Yeah, what, sure. Can you tell the audience what the information was? And then also, what was the other question? Um, you did this through hypnosis, right? You put you put your abductee through hypnosis to retrieve the information, right? But it was about Prometheus, right? From what I remember, so that, that 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 is that, those are some of the answers we got out of the experience. The information I I uh, the one of the few questions I will never answer at this point in in life is what specifically did I do? The questions, the information, what did I do? That, that's like. <laughs> That's like going to the front door of the CIA and said, tell me your big secrets. I want to know. Yeah. Nobody's going, well, to Nobody's going to answer that. It's not going to happen. Fair. Because that's fair. This, because this is, this can still be used. It, it upset them to know if it didn't matter and it didn't work, I'd tell you all of it. It wouldn't make any difference, but it did work. That's the point. So, um, so I, I basically used uh, skills of uh, NLP, hypnotherapy, and uh, timeline therapy and different techniques to uh, do what I needed to do. So I took the, the, the contact, he asked her if it would be all right. And she said, you've never charged us a penny for anything you've ever done. You've worked with us for years and, you know, you, you're just, we love you and all that. And I said, okay. And she says, what do you need? And I said, I need your brain. And she says, okay, what do I do? And I said, sleep. And she just fell over. And at that point, I installed uh, this information as if it were a memory in her brain. Then I set a, a, a block on the back of her memory so that she could not, if they ever got it from her, they couldn't pull out of her where did the information come from, so to speak. So, uh, so and then, I mean, the alien does the same thing on us. You know, they'll put blocks in people's memories so they can't. So your hypnotist can't find out anything. You can, but it, it, you got to know what they're doing and how they did it. The other thing I did was on the front side of her memory, I had to block that off so I couldn't let her know consciously what was happening. And so I set a trigger to go off when the alien got within 20 inches of her. All of a sudden, that information would be blurted out. And uh, that's exactly what happened about 30 days later. They, they took her and she was like, they had her in a paralyzed state, right? But when she got close to the alien, she blurted the whatever it was you wanted her to say, right? She was actually in her bedroom and they came in as they always do. And uh, she was, um, uh, she likes them a lot. And uh, they heard a siren and they got scared all of a sudden. And she said, it's okay. It's just, it's just an ambulance. So this was real interesting because they trust her. So uh, she's trying to put her uh, nightgown on and it's all, she's in a half a day state because that's where they like to keep you under control. And uh, finally they just took it and threw it on the bed and said, don't worry about it. You're not going to need it anyway. So at that point he was already 20 inches in front of her and she blurted out the information and she said, Daryl, I never knew they had emotions. For the first time in my life, I saw him. He was visibly shaken when I blurted out this information. I don't know what the information was, but I can tell you this. He was terribly upset. Well, it didn't until about a, a month and a half later, we didn't know how upset they were. So a period of time later, they picked up her naturally because she's she she's the leak, and two they picked up my senior investigator who's an engineer, because if you want to know anything about me or what I'm doing, you would get him because you think he knows everything, uh, where I would never tell anybody. And then they got six other people. They got eight total in two states in several cities, and then they literally uh, uh, created a, a mass abduction on December 8th, 1992, 
and then they came back three days later and retrieved an ocular implant out of a lady's eye and uh, because that, we think they were spying on us during that weekend uh, with that ocular implant in the lady's eye at the Houston UFO network. So we're really amazed at this whole thing. So they came back three days later, took the ocular implant out, and then I started realizing there's something wrong with these eight people. They're all acting very out of character. And at that point, uh, my senior investigator came to me and said, Daryl, my fingernails are growing at a very rapid rate. That happens when he goes into abductions. And uh, so I worked with him and he described the other seven people and uh, an absolutely incredible story. At that point, I separated everybody and made sure nobody talked to anyone or did anything until I worked with them all individually to find out exactly what was going on. That's how it all began. And is that where you discovered fluorescence as well? No, I discovered fluorescence um, uh, in, in 1992, uh, it, it just a, 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 a slight time, uh, uh, if I'm not mistaken, after that, uh, and, and I, I figured out that that was a, like, it was like sweat from the alien. They leave a sweat-like trace on you if they grab your hand or touch you with certain kinds of equipment. Often it will leave a fluorescent trace on the individual that is uh, semi-permanent. It'll penetrate the skin subdermally on contact. You can't wash it off or get it off or use chemicals to get it off. It simply will be absorbed by the body within a 48 hour period in most cases. Is it harmful, the alien? Is it radiate? Does it have any kind of radiate? Have you, have you know? The uh, fluorescence is not radioactive. Uh, the, it is, it's not dangerous at all that we know of. Uh, it, it just simply isn't. It just yeah. gives us another a, a marker in the invisible range, in the ultraviolet range. You can take a special black light, which we have on, on the site as well. If you want to go to, you can go to alienhunter.com and click on it, and you'll instantly see the little black lights there and things that we have that help people with. Uh, looking for fluorescence on them, check themselves. Anytime you feel like you've had a weird dream or something weird has happened or you're not sure what's going on, always check yourself with a little black light. That's that's so smart. Um, now back to this mass abduction of 92, it, it ends with you, you got good information out that involved the project Prometheus that was going on. Can you talk about that? Well, yes, uh, what we did basically with the woman is create a Manchurian candidate. And she literally was our spy. Since then, I've developed several other people that I use that get abducted. And uh, when they do, I program them in a, in a different way. But I, I call them my pilots. And they basically get abducted. And they, the alien doesn't know that while they're abducting them that I'm spying on them using them as my information base. So uh, that was the first thing. The second thing uh, is, and this is the most important part of this mass abduction, is these people were all taken by small craft. And they were taken by like a small UFO. Each one of them were picked up by a different craft and taken to a massive craft that is approximately 50 miles thick, 600 miles across. When my senior investigator told me about that, I said, uh, that's, uh, that's a big one, Dale. And uh, he said, I thought you'd have a problem with that. So I brought the video. And he had a video that someone in Japan had filmed the moon during the mass abduction. Unbeknownst to us and them, they filmed a massive craft crossing the surface of the moon during the time of the mass abduction. So we think that may be our craft. Yeah, I mean, like, how many people do you think were taken that night? Like, there were, in, in, in a lot of these, uh, in this particular event, there was a, uh, uh, there's, uh, divides up into about three, three categories. One of them getting taken, what happened. During the time that uh, they bring Dale in uh, to, to a big meeting, so to speak, of 
of the seven primary entities, including Bigfoot, was there. He was standard just like the rest of them. They're all part and parcel, <laughs> same show. Everybody thinks they're not. I don't care whether you think that or not. It doesn't matter. All I care about is evidence. I don't care about what people believe. I care about what I can prove, what, what's substantial. So uh, he was brought there in front of uh, this little group of entities. They were standing to the side. He was standing in front of somebody who was sitting in a big chair. Now, the guy in the big chair, there's two of them, one in front of Dale and another one in another room that's got the lady that I used uh, for my Manchurian candidate. They've got her in another room with another guy like him sitting in a big chair. And the best way to describe them, these two guys for your audience is think of them as mid-level management. They're in between the alien and the ones who made Hatch clone and manufactured them. So it, would they be like a, a Nephilim or a hybrid or something like that? Well, they're, they're, they're much more than that. They're, uh, they're, they're, they're responsible for the ones that literally uh, did the uh, uh, made Hatch and clone the, the alien to make this whole yeah. show work. And what's happened, and the reason I was excited about this is because the, guy, the guys in the big chairs are mid-level management. That means it's, this went almost to the top, if not the top, and they sent a craft 50 miles thick, 600 miles across, with these guys in it, brought it up next to the moon, and all the small craft came to it, dropped everybody off in there, and now they're going to have an inquiry as to how Daryl did this. Because the now all the other people, the six, the other six people, along with several hundred other people, are in a giant containment area, and that that's another story in itself. But anyway, they're there while. Uh, uh, Dale said, he said it was like an admiral coming on board a ship. It was that important. Everybody had better be perfect. They didn't want any mistakes. So the guys sitting in the big chairs in the two rooms, those are your admirals, so to speak. Those are the big shots. They're way above the alien. The aliens are scared of them. They, alien lives in a society we, we can scarcely imagine. Very militaristic very uh, punitive. If you do anything wrong, your your life could be over. Uh, they're not forgiving. They're uh, it, it's it's a totally different system. And the problem is, we as humans tend to uh, organize the uh, other societies like aliens into something like we do. That's just not accurate. They don't function like you do. In fact, your thinking was described by them as an infestation. That's what they think of us. Uh, well, free thought. You're yeah. a free thinker. You you can make decisions. They're not allowed to do that. In a hive, if in a hive mentality, if if an insect comes along like a bee, and one day looks at all the other bees and says, "Hmm, I think I'll um, do something different today," the hive will instantly attack that one and kill it. Wow. Because well, because you're destroying the hive. You could corrupt the entire system of the hive, and uh, they'll never permit that. Yeah. So the bottom line is, uh, there's a big guy sitting on the big chair. I mean, the big authority, and all the other aliens are standing there, including Bigfoot, by the way. And they're all just in awe of this guy, kind of shaking, you know, really nervous, because he wants to know what went on, how it happened. And as soon as Dale walks in. He said uh, they wanted to know, he said the big guy wanted to know, why did you do that? He said, why did Daryl do that? And you have to understand when they say that, they don't say it with words. They say it in concepts and imagery so that everybody knows exactly all the information instantaneously. And the big guy looked at Dale and said, why did he do that? And he said, at that point, I was stunned because your imagery came up and all the information about what happened came up instantly. And I knew that you had planned this whole thing and they were really upset by it. Wow. And, and what, what, what did you, what did, what, and what, what ended up happening? Like, uh, well, the, the, the next, uh, when Dale, of course, didn't have a clue because I didn't tell anybody. 
The only one that knew is the lady in the other room, and she doesn't remember anything because I installed a block, so they couldn't get back. They couldn't get that back. So um, the uh, the big guy was really upset with the answer, and Dale says, "I don't know," and the guy was furious. And at that point, the Nordic got uh, uh, nervous, and he walked over. Now Dale stands six foot two. The Nordic stands about six six. And he had to squat down a little bit and put his forehead on Dale's forehead. And he put his hands on both sides of his face and looked directly into his eyes. And he looked back at the uh, head guy sitting in the big chair and says, he doesn't know. And the guy cooled off at that point. But uh, this is the kind of guy, if he asks you a question, you better have an answer. Yeah. You may not not exist after that. Like I said, whatever you think about the alien. And their structure and everything, uh, you can kind of throw that in the trash because that doesn't mean anything to them. They function vastly differently than we do. Yeah. So the head guy was uh, then looked at uh, Dale and he asked him uh, two very important questions for your audience. These are super important. One of them is the question you asked. The first question he asked him was, he produced a holographic image of a human brain in front of Dale in midair, and he said, point to the human soul. Where is it? It's amazing to me that these so-called high beings were interested in the human soul, and they couldn't even find it. How come they don't know where it is? How come they can't manipulate? And so on and so on. You think they're all powerful and all everything. Well, they're not. They just would like for you to believe that simply because that we've got technology, that means we know everything. They don't. They don't know everything. They would have never been bothered by this whole thing. It had been a joke. But they were absolutely very upset. The second question he asked, well, Dale couldn't point to it. He said, no one knows. And the guy got mad again. And uh, again, the Nordic guy told him, you know, he doesn't know. And so he looked at him and said, the next question, what is Project Prometheus? Now, for your audience, probably what happened is at some point, somebody abducted an intelligence-level individual. And when they squeezed him as an abductee, they found out as they searched his memory banks, basically, they found that this intelligence guy told them about Project Prometheus. Project Prometheus, in my opinion, is based on the concept that uh, the intelligence community was intending to steal fire from the gods, so to speak, and give it to the service of mankind, which always means the intelligence community, of course, not to mankind in general. (laughs) I love that. Because it's so true. That's just the way it works. Yeah, but but, but what was Project Prometheus then, and how did you know about it? Because you did know about it. Uh, We did. Uh, We we dug around in some of our uh, uh, contacts and and dug around a little bit into the intel world and finally found out a little bit more about Project Prometheus, and we were reasonably correct. And they wanted to know, they were basically spying on on the spies who were, one of them happened to get abducted. And that's how they found out about Project Prometheus from an abductee, undoubtedly. So this was a, a, these were big questions. And anytime a a high level entity that's above the alien asks questions like point to the human soul, number one, why did somebody come a million light years away or wherever you think they came from to find you, which your scientists often describe as nothing much more than pond scum. Why are they, why is the alien so interested in you? If they're so much higher, so much better, so much bigger. Why, why the interest? And in the other room, they, they asked this lady, this they produced a human brain on a, she said, I use the word computer screen because it, it wasn't. She said, but I, I don't know what else to call it. She said, he wanted me to point to where, he said, point to the human soul. No, that's not correct. He said point to the human spirit, right? Soul, 
and her, they asked to point to the human spirit. Again, they didn't have a clue where either one of them were. They had no clue. That's so it. Says, why, why would they do that? Why, why the interest in, in spiritual, quote-unquote, matters and military matters when you would think that they're here to clean up, up the ozone hole and make, uh, make the earth green and do all these weird things? I mean, they're going to fix us and take care of business. But that wasn't why they were here at all. The head guys were not interested in any of that. Well, can I ask you this, Daryl? Do you think with Project Prometheus, do you think that somehow the gov- obviously the government knew about abductions since way back in when they first started happening and they probably couldn't control them. But do you think there's been a point where over time that the government's been able to maybe control abductions more or fight back? Do, do you see that? Or do you, was that what Prometheus was about? Well, uh, that you you clean up the intelligence community so well with your question. Uh, I don't have that much faith in, in that. Uh, I, I think the intelligence community is way over their head and have been for a long time. Yeah. Uh, they, everybody talks about their back engineering, all this and that. Uh, you're back engineering whatever they want you to have. You're not able to back engineer the rest of it because it's, it goes beyond the physics of our understanding. And it, it's, it's not magical. It's simply uh, physics that actually supersedes. Uh, we, li- we live here in, in three dimensions. Uh, that's not where they necessarily live. And their physics is just a... Um, uh, someone told me one day that, well, these are just demons because they walk through walls. And I said, if you'll remember very carefully in the Bible, Jesus walked through a wall too, didn't he? Yeah, thought he was a spirit. And he said, I'm not a spirit. He said, look, watch here. He he ate some fish, ate some honey. And he said, uh, said, spirits don't eat. What are you talking about? So I said, what I'm getting across to you, not that Jesus was an alien. He certainly wasn't. But the fact what I'm getting across to you is that that Jesus was simply functioning with laws that are higher than the current laws here in our current space-time reality so uh, okay well I'm, I'm trying to think of where to go with this so what ended up happening did they uh did you find out more about prometheus then I, I found out a little more about prometheus but knowing the intelligence community i uh i don't think I, I, their interest is very self-serving it, it, yeah it has been and it always will be and any whopper that they tell you to sound good uh, is it's just a, another lie that hadn't been told yet. That's just uh, look when when we were when I was in the intelligence community, basically, and I, I tell people this, and it, it bothers them for to hear it. I'm I said, I'm just going to tell you the truth. You basically developed an intelligence community. You paid us to lie to you. How are we doing? Yeah, that's exactly that's, the truth. That's why we do. And, uh, I mean, okay, let's go let's say give, case in point. I'll, I'll be glad to do it. Roswell, 1947, the first day that uh, the military found a flying disc, uh, the, the, the news reporter for the Army uh, said, we found a flying disc. It was published in every newspaper you can imagine all over the world. The next day, the people who were beginning to head up this new intelligence agency called the Central Intelligence Agency. Uh, those boys in, in the intelligence realm, even though we don't didn't have a CIA at the time, were already working on that, and they were mortified. So they went in and did what we basically do very well. We lied. We made up a cover story, and it was called uh, a weather balloon, and it worked on almost everybody. Yeah. Like I said, how how are we doing? <laughs> well, we don't believe that anymore. It doesn't matter. Uh, they're waiting for a they've been waiting for a congressional investigation for 70 years. You're late. So they can use the same old excuse they've had for 50 years ago and that one will work cuz you're going to love it. It's going to be a really good answer. It's yeah. going to be the truth. 
But you're going so to like do you it. think they have any clue with what's going on with this UAP task force when they talk about disclosure? Sure. It's a lie. <laughs> that makes sense. It, it's a cover story. Another one. UAP it? is just another cover story. Case in point, uh, when they were doing the, uh, uh, they said they were testing certain metals, uh, the Congress and other people are testing certain metals and doing this and doing that. Well, two of those metals they were testing were abductees of mine. And they were calling me, telling me about the test that was going on in Congress. They weren't supposed to be telling me that, but they did. And uh, one of the pieces of metal that, uh, that was used uh, was a friend of mine, Ben Foggin, and uh, one of my abductees, a good man. And his piece of metal, uh, they applied a certain type of electronics to it and uh, current through it, and it levitated off the table. You can just imagine what they were all thinking about that time. Wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, and, uh, and, but even then, you have to understand the intelligence community, it's about subterfuge. It's about creating cover stories, stories within stories, other levels. Uh, and so when you hear that from me, even though it's true, what you have to understand is when they say, well, we've been studying these metals, those are not the real metals that they were more, most concerned about. It's well, the Roswell metals and others like that. The reason is because they've not been able to back engineer this, a lot of this stuff. Some of it, yes, but again, a lot of that. Okay, the, one of the problems thinking you're the smartest person in the room is you may not be. In other yeah. words, you're sitting there with an alien that you captured at Roswell, right? Say he lived. And you're trying to feed him ice cream or beans or candy or whatever the stupid stories are that, about how that happened at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base after the Roswell event. Uh, one of them survived. And he probably is still there alive today. So what's the point? The point is that you're talking to an entity that you think is dumb as a bag of hammers, doesn't have a clue. What you don't understand as an intelligence person or someone in the military is that's that was the plan all along. The yeah. idea was to crash two craft on purpose and let you capture them and their craft. That's how they got inside your entire intelligence community without you even knowing it because you thought you were in charge all along. And that alien was downloading information the whole time, right? Everything it was getting you, from the- You had the top military generals in the Air Force, in Ar the Army Air Force at the time, sitting in front of this thing trying to get answers. It's downloading every bit of the information out of your head. Where do you think that's gonna go? Well, do you think they can upload that from that alien? Like it has a computer in it or something? It's, it's, a computer is too simple a, a, a term to, to apply to them. Uh, the informational information is, it's transferable, yes. Any, any abductee or contactee will tell you if you're in the presence of an alien, they can upload or download your information immediately out of your head. They know, in other words, if you've got a gun hiding under your pillow, I'll defend myself, I'll pull out a gun. They, they're sitting there listening to you think about that. They know where the gun's at, and they'll give you a suggestion not to get it or not to even think about it, and you'll just know it's there and never pick it up. That's amazing. What, what do you think, what, how do you think they get this power then? Like, what, what gives them their power to do all this? Like, where, where did they come from? Like, what? Well, it's, it's the, the answer to the question is, where do, they, where do they get their power? They get their power from those who made, hatched, cloned, or manufactured them. They're only doing their job. Some people say, well, the Nordics are very nice and very sweet. We've got a Nordic that treated one guy beautifully, wonderfully, and kind until one day they found out he had something they wanted and he wouldn't get it, give it to them. He wouldn't tell them about it. So they attached two wires to his chest and I, I've got him on film and I saw the burn places in his chest 
where they heated him up until he screamed and screamed and screamed, trying to break him to give him the same Nordics. They're there. They don't. They're not. It's not about liking you or disliking you. It's about doing their job. They're terrified of their makers, and they should be. They're not here to help you to save the planet or anything like that. They're here to get done their program. The program of abduction or contact, as we call it, has probably only been here for no more than 200 years, likely closer to 100. And that program is almost over. And I'll give you a hint. Coming from their mouth into mass abduction, the abductions program has failed. Whatever it was they were after, it didn't work. That ought to be kind of obvious from the two questions from the two big guys. Point to the human soul. Point to the human spirit. But they didn't know about Prometheus. They didn't know what was, they want to know what was going on. They don't know everything they want you to think they do, but they don't. Wow, this is huge news. So um, why do you think their programs, what do you think, they wanted to get our souls? They wanted to, they wanted to produce human souls? Is that why they were making hybrids? They, they have no, they have no idea. They, they, there's, there's no answer to that because anybody that answered it would simply be guessing. Uh, I don't think that that has, uh, I don't think that there is, I doubt that there is, the problem is, okay, here's, here's the problem. Now this gets into the, uh, look, I use seven different hats to investigate. One of them is a UFO hat, like everybody else has. The problem with the UFO hat is that it is, it can be fooled. And the alien is fooled a lot of times. But so is the intelligence community, because we're wearing a UFO hat. If you put your UFO hat off for a while, put your cop hat on, the cop hat functions a lot differently than the people with UFO hat. The cop hat doesn't it, just, it doesn't think anything like that. And then I have a, an intelligence hat. An intelligence hat functions a lot different than a cop hat. Intelligence hat doesn't care about uh, solving the crime or anything like it. It only is interested in getting the data and what what am I going to do with it? That's that's all that matters. It's Prometheus Project all over right there. Then there's a medical hat where we conducted 20 seven of these surgical interventions on alien implants. So that's a medical hat. Then there's a science hat that we use as well. And there's a Native American hat. And there's a spiritual hat. All of these hats give me 14 sets of eyes to look at any question you're asking. And when you ask the question, I'm going through that those four, seven hats trying to figure out what's the best answer I can give you and your audience. It's not the only answers. It's just the answer that you're looking for. So yeah. the answer of, of uh, are they what are they going to do with the human soul? That, that that goes back to the spiritual hat, and the medical hat, and the intelligence hat, because it involves all three of those. Those three hats in particular are where that thing is is where it's going, and most people in the UFO community don't have a, a spiritual hat. They wouldn't know what to do with it if they had it. In other words. What kind of, what, you have to have a baseline. Where's your functional baseline in spiritual things? Well, I don't have one. I don't believe in God or I don't believe in this. Or well, then you're dead in the water already because these beings do. <laughs> Not the alien, the one who made, hatched, cloned, or manufactured them. They get that. They're way ahead of the game, like by 100 yards before you ever get started. You can kick off and you're on the wrong field already because uh, you have to be able to know where they're at. And if you can't outthink them or you can't function at where they're at, you don't have a prayer. It's, it, it's, it's equivalent to, and I, and, I, and I use this respectfully of all my friends out there, uh, you have about as much chance of outsmarting the alien, uh, not knowing anything about them, as the Native Americans did uh, whenever the Spanish ships rolled up on the, on their shores. They saw those guns and swords and mechanized weapons and cannons and things. They didn't have a clue what that was. Well, you're fixing, they were fixing to get a real quick education in what that stuff's about. And it's, it's called uh, acquainting you with the colonization program of the Spaniards. And they did a real good job of it. So, so my point is that we, 
you 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 have to you can't just read UFO books and think, if I read enough of these UFO books, I'll know all about aliens. No, you won't. You'll know all about abduction stories and what people's consciousnesses think about whatever they went through. Is Are those things that they went through, is that exactly what the, the so-called alien plan is all about? No, it isn't. Those are just memories that people have. Many of them are actually false memories because the alien just gives you that on purpose for the purpose of confusing you or making you think they're from, say, the reticuli or some other place. Yeah. So, but you think the program's almost over, though. Like, I mean, according I was asking- to them, according to the to the uh, the people that were involved in the mass abduction, uh, the the aliens that were involved with Dale. They told him so. That it was that it was for all practical purposes it was over. It did not work. Whatever it was, whatever it was they were going to do, they were doing, it didn't work. Why would they be asking questions like where's the human soul? Where's the human spirit? What about Project Prometheus? They don't know those answers. They know a lot, but they don't know those things. So whatever their program was, it had nothing to do with anything we thought about. We're still thinking about Oh, they're wanting us. They're wanting to help us make our trees greener. They want the earth to be uh, better. They want clean air. They want this. They want that. No, they don't. They have no interest in that. They want you to focus on it because that has nothing to do with them. It keeps you occupied thinking about stuff that doesn't matter to them. The alien doesn't have any agenda in that sense of the word. The only agenda they have is those who made patched, cloned, or manufactured them. Whatever they are told to do by them, that's it. Their whole lives and existence is based on that obedience. Well, I wanted to ask you real quick, uh, what about your uh, your case in India? Like, I know you don't have a lot of time. I just, I'll ask you real quick. That was a real weird case from what I remember. She had an implant, right? And uh, she was talking to some reptilian hybrid, correct? She, uh, she was, uh, it's a remarkable woman, uh, and uh, it's, well, I think her 26th uh, surgical intervention I conducted, uh, that was in um, India, in New Delhi, and uh, the lady uh, has a long history of abduction and contact. She was introduced, uh, she was taken by the uh, Nordic types, the human types, and then she was taken to uh, uh, get that off. she was taken uh, she was taken by these uh, Nordic types to the uh, uh, what's the best way to describe it to this uh, reptile who was in charge of that entire craft and then he was he told her what was going to happen told her she was going to get an implant and so on and the graves were going to install it which they did they installed probably 3 total which is extremely unusual it's rare to even get one implant very rare and every practically every abductee I meet all say the same thing well I've got an implant I'm sure cuz I got a bump so that must be an implant well that kind of doesn't mean anything uh, implants are extremely rare. In her case, she apparently had three. Uh, in my opinion, uh, the one in her side is the really important one. The one that we removed out of her clavicle area was a ruse. It was a red herring. They intended for me to find it. It was, it was done on purpose. You have to understand these aliens, are, there is a plan behind the things they do. And uh, and uh, and some of the things they do are so nonsensical as to keep you literally jumping through these hoops trying to figure out, well, I wonder what master plan that was or whatever. And a lot of it's just an absolute ruse. It's a red herring. Wow. Just to keep you jumping through hoops. When you when you when you find with these implants, like what do you think? I think we talked about this before, but just to refresh the audience. What what did what did you say? What do you think the implants are for? I thought you said it was to control emotions or something, right? 
one of the where they they appear to be in position to do certain things based on uh, meridians and based on uh, certain places that they're installed in. Uh, one of the things that we think we don't know because we don't know everything, but our best thinking at this point is that some of the implants are designed to uh, modify or uh, attend to behavior of these abductees or contactees and to uh, manipulate their thinking, even to alter levels of serotonin, dopamine, and other neurotransmitters. Wow, that would be that would be the ultimate control control. That'd be the ultimate control weapon, if that's the purpose. And yet we don't know that that that, that is the end game. We just know that that's some of the side effects that we've noticed with these implants. Yeah, because it wouldn't be a tracking device because they can already find people anytime they want, right? They're definitely not a tracking device, although people, it's amazing the stuff you can read on the internet about all this amazing, the people, they'll write me and tell me all about implants. And I said, that's interesting. You're telling me all about implants and I wrote the book on it. And I was the one who discovered it in 1960 in my own event at age 12. And here you're telling me all about it. You don't have the... You've never attended a surgery. You don't know anything about the pathology, neurology, or anything else of these people or anything. And yet you're making this stuff up, putting it on the internet, like everybody needs to believe it. I see you're, you're, you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. So that's, that's pretty, pretty much where I come from with, with uh, some of these stories. People, uh, they, they, they simply don't know. And, uh, and there's, there are things we don't know about it that, that we're still learning. So I'm, I'm telling you that you have to separate the wheat from the chaff, so to speak, uh, because some things you find out about implants or implants, some implants in particular may not apply at all to other kinds of implants. And then that's the visible and the invisible ones. Now, I mean, that's just that's opened a whole another game plan right there. Wow. That's so interesting. Well, I, I don't have any other questions for you. Um, do you want to tell everybody where they can find your book and find your website? Sure. Uh, for those that are interested, uh, uh, I answer all my emails. And once in a great while, I'll get somebody pretty hot-headed saying, I wrote you twice and I never got an answer. If you wrote me twice and you didn't get an answer, I didn't get your email. So uh, don't worry about it. Just keep writing. Uh, but normally I answer all emails and, uh, and uh, I, I don't pick on people. I don't like doing that. And if you have a different point of view, that's okay with me. I can learn from anybody. I like uh, different points of view because it stimulates my thinking too. So I'm not opposed to that. But if you want to know about uh, the implants, we have implant books. If you want to know how to find evidence, we have a book on uh, alien evidence. Um, how to find it. My books are not written as entertainment. If, if that's what you want, you don't even order them because they're, they're more like notes that I took in the field and turned into a book because uh, they're designed to help you find evidence or find answers in your experience. They're not designed to entertain. It just, that's just not what I do. Yeah. I think that's awesome though, because I think a lot of people are looking for answers still. If because I think people are being taken, it's weird. It's like, it seems like it's slowed down a lot. Like you don't hear a lot about people being taken as much anymore. At least I haven't. I mean, do you still have the same amount of abductees and stuff? Business is business is good. <laughs> oh, okay. So they're still being taken. People are still being taken on a regular basis. Then. I've, I've got one lady uh, in Florida that, uh, we were going to do a surgery with her here in Houston uh, for a Japanese outfit. And uh, during the course of that, she had two objects in her leg that were absolutely remarkable. And uh, that's what we were going to go after. And then she calls me up later and says, um, she sent me these pictures of this hotel she was in and it showed these alien handprints on the window and everything. And then, uh, and anyway, it was interesting because there was no way that could happen three and a half stories up in midair on the outside of a window. Oh my God. Number one, number two is that she was uh, eating a bowl of soup one day, watching TV 
at six o'clock and then she noticed three and a half hours later that her uh, left foot was cut around the large big toe, cut wide open and with almost like a, with a scalpel. She said, I'd not moved out of chair, never moved anywhere. And there were no footprints of blood or anything. I'm just sitting in the chair and the, the cuts there. So as soon as I got out of the chair and started to walk, it started bleeding everywhere. Uh, but not before then. She says, so how in the world did that happen? She goes to the ER and gets uh, sewed up, brought back. And they said the cut was like surgically done. It was very sharp. And uh, after that, a week or so later, she uh, calls me and says she's been in the hospital and was sorry she hadn't written me because she's been deathly sick. We don't even know what the problem is. Then later, I find out that she's back in the hospital and she's got uh, several major issues with her. And it ain't COVID. It's much worse, much worse. And that she, in fact, may die if not already be dead. Oh, my God. That was my late, latest abduction event. Wow. And it's still going on. Oh, wow. Wow. That's, 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 that's great. That's great. And, uh, but uh, maybe, uh, may, I don't know. It, it just seems like maybe this, this alien thing might not ever end. Well, it'll end, all right. It'll, uh, there will be another program after this one. There was a program a long time ago called, I call it, the Stone Age. And people say, Stone Age, that has to do with Neanderthals chucking spears at each other and shooting arrows. That's no, that's not what I'm talking about. The Stone Age had to do with the, uh, in the sixth chapter of Genesis, it talks about then there were giants in the earth in those days. And there were. And it, they left gigantic megalith, not all, but many megalithic structures all over the world of and specifically about those that they worshipped. And those were the ones who made, hatched, cloned, and manufactured them, so to speak. And yeah, and that was the fallen angel. The whole right? point about that is simply that that was just a program. It lasted several hundred years. And then, then there were other programs. But the latest program is called Contact. Yeah. Whatever you want to call it. Well, That's you know what? You know what makes I find weird, Daryl, is the way that they can program our brains, and then we can almost program our brains like a computer with hypnosis. Like the way you were saying that you can put a memory block in and and take one out and stuff like that. That reminds me of the way a computer works. So it makes me think: Are we in some kind of simulated thing? You know, I know you probably don't talk, follow that much, but it just. I just have to say it because when you talked about installing the memory blocks and stuff, it reminded me of a computer. Did you ever think of this kind of stuff? Well, the small gray alien I call a 286 computer with legs. He's that dumb. <laughs> he's, he's, he's really that dumb. And the fact is, when you talk about the human brain being a computer, uh, that that's an inaccuracy from my point of view. Uh, I was given a... Uh, an honorary bachelor of science degree for the last science program that I uh, presented overseas a couple of weeks ago. And uh, my point is that the human brain is uh, a, a remarkable, remarkable object. And uh, it someone has come a long, 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 long way. Let's say they came to Zeta Reticuli. Somebody came a long way to get what you have. Why would they do that if you were just pond scum? Yeah, yeah, really, that makes sense. Make any sense? There's an interesting scripture from an ancient text I love very well. It's called the Bible. It says you were created wonderfully. Now, the only people that don't know that are us. The ones who do know it are doing the abductions. Wow. So it's a it's like a battle of good versus evil. In my opinion. So, so it could, this could go back but maybe uh it could go back to the beginning of time or the beginning of time, right? That's exactly correct. This is a battle that's been going on for a long, long time. This is just another phase of it. And after this there'll be another phase that when the contact phase is over 
and when the government quits playing games like we're near disclosure today no you're not yeah you're not going to get any more the disclosure you're going to get is going to be another lie wrapped up in a in a how did they say it you're a it's the skin of a reason stuffed with a lie. No, that's a good. That's a good way of putting it. That's what we did. That's what we did. That's what we did, and that's that's what the intelligence community does. That's the reason I got out. I got tired of it. But did you, did you ever hear the stories that they might have used Tesla's death ray to, or a Tesla ray to get to, to put down, bring down one of those crafts at Roswell? Or they might have used Tesla technology to bring down one of those crafts. Well, all that sounds wonderful, except for the problem that uh, my best intel on the Roswell crash is that two craft bounced off each other. One of them landed in Corona, one landed in Roswell, so to speak. The purpose was to make sure that the United States Army Air Force got their spacecraft and their live alien. They didn't care how many of them died. They only cared that one of them lived because he is the guy that's their tape recorder. He's going to do the downloading. Wow. wow that's amazing. And, 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 I wrote a story about the whole thing. My my uh, media lady uh, was uh, fascinated with my thesis on Roswell, which is not out there. You're not going to find it anywhere, really. Uh, but if you're interested in it, write me and I'll send it to you. It's, it's free of charge. And Or ask any other questions. I don't mind. That's what I'm here for. Yeah, well, th- th- thank you, Daryl. And I, I, I always appreciate these conversations. They're so, they're so interesting every time we talk. So thank you very much. You're a good man. Whatever the pain, it's not enough. I'll have to complain to management about this. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a good point. Well, thank you, Daryl. Have a good night. Okay, have a good one, my friend. All right.